Coming up on 5-Minute News. Pensacola-based shooter coordinated with Al-Qaeda. Cell phone data suggests lockdown protests may have spread virus. And US watchdog firing may be tied to Saudi arms deal. It's Tuesday, May 19. I'm Anthony Davis. The gunman who killed three US sailors at a military base in Florida last year repeatedly communicated with Al-Qaeda operatives about planning in the months leading up to the attack, US officials said yesterday, as they lashed out at Apple for failing to help them open the shooter's phones so they could access key evidence. Law enforcement officials discovered contacts between Mohammed Saeed al-Shamrani and operatives of al-Qaeda after FBI technicians succeeded on their own in breaking into two cell phones that had previously been locked and that the shooter, a Saudi Air Force officer, had tried to destroy before he was killed by law enforcement. We now have a clearer understanding of al-Shamrani's associations and activities in the years, months and days leading up to this attack, Attorney General William Barr said at a news conference. The new details, including that al-Shamrani had been radicalised abroad before he arrived in the US, raise fresh questions about the vetting of Saudi military members and trainees who spend time at American bases. The criticism directed at Apple could also escalate divisions between the US government and the massive technology company, which has rejected the characterization that it has been unhelpful. The company said that it does not store customers' passcodes, nor does it have the capability to unlock passcode-protected devices, and believes that weakening encryption could create vulnerabilities that could be exploited by hackers. Al-Shamrani was killed by a sheriff's deputy during the December 6 rampage at a classroom building at Pensacola Naval Air Station. He had been undergoing flight training at Pensacola as part of an instruction offered at American military bases to foreign nationals. Besides the three sailors who died, eight other people were injured. Once unlocked by the FBI, US officials said the phones revealed contact between al-Shamrani and dangerous operatives from al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, or AQAP, including the night before the attack. They also revealed that he had been radicalised since at least 2015, before he arrived in the US, and had meticulously planned for it. Cell phone location data suggests that demonstrators at anti-lockdown protests, some of whom have been connected with COVID-19 cases, are often travelling hundreds of miles to events, returning to all parts of their states and even crossing into neighbouring ones. The data provided by the progressive campaign group, the Committee to Protect Medicare, raises the prospect that the protests will play a role in spreading coronavirus to areas which have, so far, experienced relatively few infections. The anonymised location data was captured from opt-in cell phone apps, and data scientists from the firm VoteMap used it to determine the movements of devices present at protests in late April and early May in five states – Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, Colorado and Florida. One visualisation shows that in Lansing, Michigan, after a 30th of April protest in which armed protesters stormed the Capitol building, devices which had been present at the protest site 
had been seen returning to all parts of the state, from Detroit to remote towns in the state's north. In the 48 hours following a 19th of April Operation Gridlock protest in Denver, devices reached the borders of neighboring states including Wyoming, Nebraska, Oklahoma, New Mexico and Utah. Following the initial wave of anti-lockdown protests in April, epidemiologists warned they could lead to a new surge in cases. In North Carolina in late April, one of the leaders of the state's anti-lockdown protests tested positive for COVID-19, but said she would attend future rallies. The chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee of the United States House of Representatives has said the State Department Inspector General might have been fired because he was investigating Donald Trump's declaration of an emergency to clear the way for military sales to Saudi Arabia last year. Trump announced the planned removal of Inspector General Steve Linick in a letter to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi late on Friday night, making him the latest government Inspector General that the Republican president has removed over the last several weeks. Engel and Senator Bob Menendez, the ranking Democrat on the Republican-controlled Senate Foreign Relations Committee, announced on Saturday that they were launching an investigation of Linux firing. In a letter sent on Monday, Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley, the most senior Republican in the Senate, warned the President that Inspectors General should be free from partisan political interference from either the executive or legislative branch. Grassley asked Trump to provide a detailed reasoning for the removal of Linick no later than June 1st. Trump infuriated many members of US Congress last year, including some of his fellow Republicans as well as Democrats, by declaring an emergency in order to sidestep congressional review of $8 billion in military sales, mostly to Saudi Arabia. The House and Senate both passed resolutions to block the sales, but Trump vetoed them, and there was not enough support in the Republican-led Senate to override his veto. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News with your preferred podcast app, ask your smart speaker, or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Please leave a review on iTunes Podcasts or Amazon. 5-Minute News is an independent production covering politics, inequality, health and climate. Delivering unbiased, verified and truthful world news daily. Hello, this is Gary Chachot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th-century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th-century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.